Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. Just a little note saying thanks for being there when I needed you. You've been a great friend. I know I don't always act like I appreciate it, but I do. Someone who is a friend is a good friend when I get in a pissy mood and no one else wants to be around me. You're always there. Thanks a lot. As with everything over the past year, I think that friendships have changed and the norms around friendship have changed after sheltering in place for so long. We started out pretty strong with Zoom happy hours and game nights and FaceTime calls and online birthday parties, but a lot of that has petered out as we've run out of things to talk about with little outside stimulus and just gotten tired of looking at a screen, even if the screen holds our friends' faces. What about you? Have your friendships changed over the past year? Have you gotten closer with those that you chose to pot up with? Has it become clearer to you which friendships you most treasure and maybe which ones you actually don't miss? Have online friends and social media become more of your social life? My middle school notes are filled to the brim with navigating friendships, the good, the bad, and the goodbyes. Here's a taste. Yep, we definitely need to talk. I never talked to you over the weekend because it seemed like we didn't need to, but now we do. I'm sick and tired of keeping my feelings to myself about this, so now I'm going to tell you how I feel straight out. Our friendship was fine until you became buddy-buddy with everyone but me. You're always spending time with them, and you seem to never have enough time for your best friend. Way back on episode 31, Won't You Be My Friend, we talked about how to make friends and what might set up a close friendship. This episode is the other end of the spectrum, when you choose to conclude a friendship, or when you get dumped. I had my first real friendship breakup at 22. It felt worse than my divorce. There's an intensity to both female friendships and thus friendship breakups. So we were just talking about friendship breakup songs, and I don't know if there are any good ones. Right, but there should be. Okay, I need to play you that Carrie Underwood song, but it's about anger and country and slashing tires and keying cars. That's only specific to us because we're from Fresno. So we relate to that. We got roots that we can't deny y'all. <laughs> True. But I'm wondering, do you get equally mad in a girlfriend breakup and a boyfriend breakup? I mean, I feel like maybe I almost get more mad. Yeah. Like a friendship breakup versus a romantic breakup. Because... I feel like I share once once I ooh this is tough. So okay, I'm a re- relatively introverted person. And so when I do deign to let somebody in, it's kind of a big deal for me. They may not know it, but it's a big deal for me. So in a friendship, I feel like I am more vulnerable than I am in a relationship. Because because it's in friendships that you talk about your romantic relationships, right? So there's almost right. like an added level of something there. Right. So when that has to end, I, I almost feel like it's worse because there there is all by different, but a similar level of intimacy. 
politics, social justice, and the expression of these ideas on social media has caused a lot of friend breakups, especially over the past few years. Erin had a friend over for dinner, and the topic of immigrant children being separated from their parents came up in, you know, casual conversation. This was the end. And that she thought that people were just coming, thinking that we're going to put them in the, up in the fucking Hilton, quote, unquote. We're talking outside, the birds are chirping, and the wind is blowing loudly, and she's thinking about this breakup. Wouldn't listen to reason, like, couldn't understand that, like, the places these people are coming from is, you know, fucking awful, and has two kids of her own, and at that point, it was like, you know, she was saying, well, we we should still be friends, you know, even because we don't fully agree on politics, and I'm like, this isn't politics, this is fucking morals, this is like, you're extend any empathy for what people are going through and you're like you're the reason we're in Trump's America right now it's like people like you and I was like yeah I I can't justify being friends with you there's no way like I can't be friends with you anymore and I was like you basically need to finish your dessert and get the fuck out of here (laughs) (laughs) goodbye forever yeah goodbye forever So for her, it wasn't politics, it was morals. So saying goodbye to this friend made sense and she chose it. But hearing disparate ideas on social media, especially with the blurry lines between what's political and what's moral can lead to even more messy breakups. Here's Holly and Annie and I with more Facebook friend conflict. For context, this was recorded during the reign of 45. So I was telling you about how I'm awful and mm-hmm. Brandy forgave me. So yeah. this is a friendship, breakup, and reunion. Okay, good. We need, we need one of those. So I don't know. I'm just like a, a total bitch and really judgmental. And She's not. <laughs> I don't know. I think Brandy posted something about like loving Jesus or something. Like totally something completely innocuous. I don't know. Maybe it was something like Republican leaning or conservative or whatever, but I don't know. So I think I was just like, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And then probably a year or two went by and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why did I do that? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. You're a fabulous human being. Right. And she was like, I forgive you. Which is kind of magical. Okay, Do you know but why she forgives you? Um, because she's a saint. But because I want wanna... Jesus. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it is Jesus. But also, like, <laughs> but like, what are the logistics of this? So, yeah, she posted a thing on Facebook, right? Did you respond shittily via Facebook? Probably. Okay, and then how did the resolution happen? Like, what kind um, of communication happened? I probably sent her like a text message, okay, or a Facebook personal message or something, text message. and was like, "Dude, I was totally in the wrong, and yeah. my bad, and I'm sorry, and do you forgive me?" Right. Yeah. So, I have also had friend breakups. Okay, okay but. Did you reunite? No. I had a friend from high school. Yeah. So she moved to the Bay Area. Okay. So we reconnected after high school, which is like a magical thing. Right. You're like, oh my gosh, we still have things in common. Yeah. 
That feels great. I felt like a legit friendship yeah. situation, not yeah. just like a high school thing, you know? Right. So she's super liberal leaning. So she posted a thing on Facebook about Donald Trump's son. What is his name? Baron. Baron. She posted a thing about Baron, basically talking shit about him and how he's autistic or whatever. Why would you talk shit on someone for being autistic? So this was early, okay? Things have changed. We have learned. But early in the Trump saga, I responded to that and basically said... You're too good for this kind of thing. Uh-huh. Don't post this. Like on a comment where people could yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. As deplorable as Trump's presidency has been, I still would not talk shit on someone for being autistic. Or talk shit on someone's kid just because of how shitty their parents are. Agreed. That said, if you felt really strongly about it, and if you guys are friends, I would have, I would have <coughs> maybe texted her as opposed to... No, fuck that shit. Put it in a comment. Then what happened? Okay. So, <laughs> and and truly, I wasn't being sarcastic. Like, I yeah. literally meant, you're too good for this. Like, yes. I wasn't being snarky. She's no. a sm- super, you super. You are not a snarky, sarcastic She's person. a super smart chick, well-grounded in her morals. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly meant, you're too good for this. Like, mm-hmm. anywho. She immediately, like, responded that I was an asshole, blocked me on Facebook. And I was like, whoa, dude. So I texted her. So then you, like, take it personal, right? Like, taking it off of Facebook onto, like, real human interaction. Texted her on my phone and was like, hey, Mm -hmm. what's up? I'm super sorry about what I said. Even though I was right. I mean... (laughs) stand by the principle of what I said but like sorry if you were offended yeah and she was basically like we're not real friends you've never been a real friend blah 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 da 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 and I was like well okay now I know like I thought that we were real friends and thus the reason I'm actually texting you but now I know the true story, right? Like, now I know that you do not value me in the same way that I value you. That's so shitty. So that's, like, good information to have. In a shitty way. Yeah, it's shitty, but it's like, well, I put a stake in the fact that we had grown up together, we'd done all this stuff together from 12 to 18, and I still care about you, and so I'm making this effort to communicate, and you don't have the same values, right? Like... None of that meant anything to you. What what meant something to you with, was this comment on Facebook, and you don't feel like we're really friends. So anyways, long story short, she was cool with not being friends via social media or any other channel. I made that clear, and I was like, well, okay. Our you friendship. Want the beautiful, intellectual, supreme essence of abigail in your life and that is a shame for her she didn't she she did not she did not i do value friendships that you can disagree so like to go back to my friend brandy we still to this day have different ideas about morality and religion I mean she's very religious and I am a very hardcore atheist and I mean the same goes for mom you know like mom is very religious and 
and we have gotten to the point with both of these women that I respect who they are intellectually and emotionally. They can have their beliefs that are very profoundly different from mine. And I can put that aside and be like, I value who you are as a person. Right. And that's what was kind of striking about this situation Mm -hmm. was she and I were totally aligned Mm -hmm. politically and like really closely aligned religiously. Like our ideas were really aligned. It wasn't that. It was what do you value? Like, Mm -hmm. do you value this relationship Mm. enough to get past kind of yourself and feeling offended? Or do you not? Mm -hmm. Hmm. That sucks. It does kind of suck because I feel like making friends as a woman and an adult and a mom or not a mom and as an intellectual is not easy. Well, and like in this Trump age, we need allies. Yeah. <laughs> like she and I should be allies. Totally. And yeah. we're not. Right. Like you're not going to agree on everything with everyone ever. So, that was definitely the moment when I went off Facebook. Yeah. I mean, I dip in here and there mm-hmm. to like see what's happening with the peeps, but That, for me, was the moment where it was like, oh, this is not a method I can use to communicate in any meaningful way ever. And maintain relationships. And maintain relationships ever again. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think, I just mean, like, sometimes in writing, things can be read a different way. And the way... 100%. And, and saying, like, you're better than this, not that I agree with what she posted. It's basically, like, you called her a fucking idiot. Uh, totally. I like get you're, Like, I you're com- a fucking idiot. You're better than this. I completely get how she took it. But, yeah. So, totally. I, I, I just mean, like, I could see that. It sucks, though, that she totally. give you the opportunity to, like, be like, that's not what I meant. That but, but But that's exactly why I had to give Facebook up. If our 10 years of history mm-hmm. made no difference, and my post- Apology via actual text message made no difference. That communicates a lot, yeah. right? That means you... that that one 10-second comment about her comment completely changed our pasts and futures. That shows the power of it. So, so it's not it's not worth it. Do you think that that's a artifact of Facebook or do you think that's an artifact of your relationship? Or even like your communication style. All of it. I mean, I've misinterpreted things you've texted. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, the three of us, as close as we are, have had disagreements about stuff. Like, the the, the way things are written, sometimes yeah. it comes off the wrong way. Or even verbally. I mean, yeah. we've had, like, disagreements about, like, body positivity. And, like, we have different ideas about it's benefits or detriments like as far as a movement yeah we can we communicate lots of different things Mm -hmm. based on our situation and where we're at personally and yeah so i wonder like if you and had like had that conversation in person totally it would have gone differently of course of course facebook is the worst absolutely i mean i think anything you're not like communicating face to face where you can like read someone's body language and see that they're 
upset with what you've said and be able to like correct or even just be like yeah you know I don't feel the same way but you're a different human well, in a different and, body with a different mind well, and so we can believe different things yeah and and I think that there's like a public aspect of it right like whatever you have said that maybe bothered me or didn't agree with I could say to you but I'm not exposing Mm -hmm. that confusion or that idea to like 1,000 of your friends right (laughs) Right? it's between me and you right so I'm sure when I said to her you're too good for this or whatever yeah to say that face to face is more of an edification but to say it to all of her Feels like judgment. Yeah, totally. Completely. Yeah. Yes. Holly and I were talking about long-term friendships, yes, but friendships that largely lived on social media. In the hierarchy or maybe the concentric circles of friendship, I think these are different than our day-to-day friendships. Those folks that you see in real life on the regular. Annie and I had one of those type of friendships crash and burn. But before we get into the deets of that one, we're going to get a man viewpoint on friend breakups. Here's my partner, Aaron. In a moment, Annie and I are going to talk about our stories and breaking up with her. Our friend breakup stories. What is your perspective on that situation? That one in particular? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it impacted you too. Like, she was your friend. She was part of our family for... I mean, maybe that's a little dramatic, but, you know, she was part of our daily life together. So how did you feel about it? I mean, for me, it was more like friendship by proxy because she was your friend. So there was no like large hole in my life after that happened. Um, I mean, I thought the whole situation was a big bag of, of, of stupid, just... I feel she was way out of line, and it's every week, if not multiple times a week, she had to come over, consume an entire bottle of wine to complain about whatever drama in her life, and you would just have to sit there and listen to it and be there for every little fucking problem she had. And then when something actual real and traumatic happens in your life, she's so selfishly wrapped in this dumb bullshit that the one, really, literally, the only time I can think of that you needed her to be there as a friend, she fucking wasn't your friend anymore, all because plans changed. The most innocuous of activities, like... Plans change all the time, especially like when your friend is a parent and has children and a family. Fucking shit will change all the time. And if you cannot handle that plans you talked about on Monday may not be able to exist on Friday, you are a shitty person to be friends with because managing those expectations is a goddamn nightmare. Mm-hmm. Full-time job. <laughs> and you're just obviously completely lack empathy about the people around you that you cannot understand. 
that things will not always go perfectly to plan. And to top it off, there was like a reasonable explanation for everything that happened. And she was also invited to those changes of plan. So uh, because it involved me, I suppose, and the fact that I happened to be spending the day in the city and seeing you at work and I got to go to like have a happy hour for once, which is not an activity that I normally get to do. Like, fuck you. That's all I have to say to her. <laughs> fuck you. You dumb bitches go do shit together all the time. So one time, one time the stars align so that I'm in the city and I can go do something. But no, not without blowing up your life, apparently. I have some other side of the perspective, like commentary on that, because like I'm single and I don't have kids and I, I get needing to have empathy for, for plans changing. Like I've been friends with y'all long enough, like, but that was also something I had to learn. Like that didn't just like come naturally. It was something I had to practice and get used to because if the communication isn't there, like the communication of like, ah, plans might change or plans are changing. Like if there is a communication breakdown there, it makes it feel like that my time is less valuable because I don't have a husband or kids or whatever, you know? So I, I do, I I can see it from both perspectives. Now I, I am, familiar with the intimate deal details of this situation. So like, I, I don't think you guys were at fault in this one, but just in general, like that, that can be a hard balance to find. And when there is a communication breakdown or lack of communication, when the plans are changing, it does feel shitty for the other person too. Like it feels like there's a, sometimes a lack of empathy on both sides. No comment. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, when you, when you have, a child and then a tween and then busy working lives where you only get to see each other for a few hours in the evening. Like shit just changes all the time and rarely do the plans that we set out to have actually happen. (laughs) But like, doesn't it potentially suck for the other people who might not have a family to have their time dedicated to something and then have it change. Like it doesn't, couldn't you see the perspective where that might make them feel like their time isn't valuable? Like they're just supposed to bend to every whim when the family is the excuse. Uh, sure. I I could see how that would be disappointing for them. But at the same time, if, if, if I rank my hierarchy, of importance it's family first and then everybody else and if my family needs to be more important then fuck you and your feelings like if i've told you that i cannot do something because things have changed that's life that happens it also happens on the flip side maybe for different reasons i mean i don't know i'm not very uh emotionally wrapped up in most of my plans so i don't really care right. one way or the other right, if something right, right. happens if something happens great that was fun and if it doesn't happen thank god i can go to bed early right so it would be very rare for you to have 
plan set and have your feelings get hurt because they were delayed or you weren't able to do them. Yeah, I guess I can't relate. I I literally cannot think of one thing that you might feel that way about. (laughs) Yeah, I can't really relate to this conversation because it, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. Yeah, let's be honest. Lady friendships are different. Yeah, I guess lady friendships are different. But there is something still there, though. Like, because sometimes also it feels like, and I'm I'm not speaking explicitly of you guys. Like, in general, I'm friends with lots of people that are parents. It, it's almost like I'm supposed to assume that it's it's fine, like, that this happens. And, like, that even, like, something as simple as an apology. Like, I'm sorry I can't do this. I'm sorry plans change. Something as simple as an apology being excluded is supposed to be fine. And that's where I mean where it feels like sometimes, okay, cool, my my time or my feelings or whatever are less valuable. And that can be really hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to navigate because part of it, I feel like, is, I don't know, just adult relationships. Like, yeah, your kids, your family, your aging parents, your job, like... All of that is going to come before the friend, you know, like your friendships can't be the way that they were when you were in your 20s. And that's just life. I mean, I think that like apologizing and apologizing for inconveniences and hurt feelings are all a crucial part of friendships for sure. But yeah, it's a balance. Do you have other guy friends where that do you know of any that like have had friendship breakups or I, I'm just, I guess I'm just curious, like, is this more exclusively a female relationship thing where it, like the relationships are more intense. So it, it is a bigger thing when they end. Cause I mean, I just feel like in general, Aaron, you're pretty even keeled. So like I could see in general, a friendship breakup, not being a super big thing on you. No, I can't think of any friends that had like weird blow ups with other friends. I don't know. Yeah, men just don't have the intense, obsessive relationships that women have with each other. Or is that a generalization that's... I don't know. (laughs) It could be that I'm not doing this right. (laughs) I'm not sure. Maybe you need to get on Tinder to just, like, make some new friends, some dude friends. Yeah, just looking for friends. Just friends. Is that a feature of Tinder? (laughs) I mean, mostly maintaining friends is... uh... It's like a work. I think that's a really good point to make, especially with what we were talking about earlier about like having plans that need to change and stuff. Like, do you feel like you have a lot of close friends now that like at the age that you're at? Like, or is it too hard with having a family? Is it too hard to balance those things? And and also perhaps single friends expectations? I don't know anything about single friends. I don't think I have any single friends. Yeah, I mean, after all the things like Abby was talking about, kids and work and spouse and my new love, Peloton, there's just not a lot of energy and time left for... Extraneous relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we barely have time to, like, hang out with each other, I feel like. Who are you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you miss it? Do you miss having guy friends like or do you miss having like a a more established friend group um no not really i meet all your emotional needs 
I mean, you meet the bare minimum <laughs> of my emotional needs. But yeah, I mean, like my interests don't often align with... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very generalized, but like I don't care about sports and I don't drink very much. So no, I don't really want to go hang out at the bar and no, I don't want to watch men in tights run around and do things unless it's baseball or ballet I guess <laughs> but yeah like I don't a lot of those things uh bore me if I have time to do something I want to go uh buy some records or shop for some new clothes or I feel like not a lot of dudes are like yeah let's go shopping bro that's all that's all like at least Abby and I want to do we just want to hang out and go buy records and buy new clothes <laughs> True that. Mm-hmm. So if there's any men listening that are into good music and high-class menswear, give us a call. Bay Area local only. <laughs> I'm not looking for any new friends. Well, not deliver. Preferably single. Ginger. Ginger optional. <laughs> Ginger? What? Yeah. For me. Uh, <laughs> We're trying bonus. to wrap it all in one. <laughs> new BF for me. New BFF for you. Yeah, I mean, I think... I have friends that I like. I just need to spend more time with those friends. But it's like when the free time happens, then I'm tired. I could go out right now, but that sounds like a lot of work. Where am I going to park? So maybe male friendship is different. At least in our experience, there's an added intensity in female platonic friendships. I don't know, but Annie and I are going to try to hash it out. At the beginning, I'm messing with my mic. It's almost like we're doing both, right? We supplement a lot of the things we're missing in our romantic relationships with our female friends in addition to just normal friendship. Like, there's a level of companionship that I feel like we glean from our female relationships, and I feel like we can be closer on an intimate well, talking about intimate things because you're looking to someone with a shared experience right like someone that could have possibly experienced the same thing if you can see it from your perspective whereas although you may be close with your partner if they're of a different sex they they can't necessarily see it from your experience right from your side right that is totally true right my partner and i obviously love each other but basically have no idea what the other person's experience is like right in life (laughs) we do not but i mean i feel like aaron tries i do well yeah i mean that's key to a happy relationship is trying but ultimately you're not going to be able to so that's where friends come into play right right and that's what i mean about like compensating for and it's not i I feel like compensating is such a negative term for it, but there's there's always it's complimenting. gaps. Complimenting. Complimenting. That's yeah. exactly right. Mm-hmm. There are gaps in certain relationships that friendships fill. Yeah. There's gaps in all relationships that friendships fill. Exactly. Yes. So, I mean, I do think that that kind of explains why the feelings are so hurt and there's so much anger when a friendship comes to an end, right? Yeah, because it, it tends to break down in a much more dramatic way. Mm, probably similarly dramatic it's different though it's harder to explain i almost feel like it's more dramatic because it's harder to justify 
Like, well, I guess we have we have simple terms for like a relationship breakdown, right? Like, well, one person there was infidelity. One person cheated, or the other person cheated, or or he's crazy, she's crazy. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we put like we can easily put those things into boxes. We can easily water it. Down. A friend breakup. I mean, similar to the conversation even we were having with Aaron. Like, it's just harder to like describe what went wrong and why it went wrong and right. whose fault it was. Like, and I mean, even even we three that have known each other for over a decade and have been friends for over a decade had a hard time pinpointing like one of the issues that we described, which is like timing between people with families and single people like timing of the communication timing of plans that's a tough thing and it was even that is hard to put into words so i can't right so even even the normal operation of a friendship we can't all agree on (laughs) right it's hard it's hard whereas i kind of feel like with uh, with relationships whether it's right or wrong we all have like a common set of practices that like this is what a relationship should be like well at least we have the language around it right because it almost feels like it's like we want to use the same language for a friendship, but it doesn't feel right. Like mm-hmm. it's like a romantic relationship is too intimate to use the right. language that we know. Right. And so we're always like, I about like the friendship right. relationship saying like that hurt me. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say that when it's not in a romantic context right. to, say, to, to just say that like that hurt me, that hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. It's something that as I've gotten into my 30s that I've tried to practice more because I'm not a mind reader. My friends are not mind readers. That's something that the friendship breakup story I'm going to tell taught me. And so I feel like it's really important to say what I'm feeling. And that's even in my early mid 30s. Like that's still something that's difficult for me. That's something I've had to learn and practice at. It's another level of vulnerability that I think is not really talked about a lot. Okay, remember at the beginning when we talked to Aaron and I mentioned the friendship breakup that Annie and I experienced? Well, I'm sorry to keep you hanging. We're going to get into the details right now. We have a mutual friend breakup. We do. We have a, we have a friend that dumped, but it was a dual dump, dude. It was a dual dump. Yeah. Our Breakups weren't far apart with this particular friend, but do you want to... Yours happened first. Mine did happen first, and I'm also the the original host of the friend. What do you call that? Like, patient zero? Yeah. Yeah. So, she and I were friends. It was a while. I mean, we're talking, like, four or five years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so substantial amount of time, like, pretty ingrained in each other's life, weekly hangouts. Yeah, and we had had a couple of, like, sticky-ish situations um, where it seemed like she wasn't happy with things, but nothing big, right? And then, yeah, there was one day where we had plans to go to the nursery to get new plants, and the stars aligned, and, um, you know, as Aaron said, we I ended up doing happy hour with he and another friend, texted her, invited her, told her she, she couldn't come out, told her we you know, I was going to have to delay the nursery date. And this all like seems very silly, but that was the catalyst of it. So from that, she sent me a barrage of text messages about how I was a bad friend. And 
you know, basically we never spoke again. <laughs> I mean, that's the gist of it, right? There's yeah. probably, there probably like two messages after that, you know, where I was like, ah, what's happening? Like, sorry, this is what went down. And she was basically like, well, that doesn't work for me. And it was done. That's it. She was at the end of her rope. She was at the end of her rope with me. Yeah. She dumped me. She moved on with her life. My feelings were I was bummed that the relationship had come to an end for sure. Um, That was not my choice or desire for it to come to an end. But there's also like the realistic part of you that's like, okay, if that's the thing that killed the relationship, the relationship has no like to stand on <laughs> right like it didn't have a good foundation to begin no, with exactly if that's the thing that topples it then it's not a thing we're saving so but anyway i mean i think that will, what was interesting was that you and i didn't talk about it because i refused to well i i refused to i didn't we say both, one word about it we both so. did because at that point the mutual friendship had been established so i had an independent relationship with her so although i was aware that your friendship had disintegrated at that point i didn't want to have an influence on that although like obviously my loyalty was to you i was trying really hard to like be a grown-up and be like i can have independent relationships of of these two people exactly it's just it's like being respectful and minding your own business and not being gossipy which i feel like in general is the right thing to do yeah and this again i wish i had a crystal ball but it's like part of me kind of wishes we had talked about it because i feel like you weren't primed for what happened to me to you not too long after what happened to you i mean six months to a year not even really yeah i mean maybe six months maybe tops but like i maintained my friendship with this person and we actually it's in a minute we almost became like closer because of the the planning issue that happened with you guys but I didn't I didn't have all the information because you and I didn't talk about it right and yeah I think you're right I think it did do a disservice to both of us in in that way but we almost for a minute became closer because you and I have experienced that issue kind of what we talked about with Aaron like sometimes the communication isn't on point And as much as a single person tries to be empathetic with a person that's married and has a family, like, sometimes it doesn't feel like the empathy goes both ways, right? Like, sometimes it feels like we're, as a single person, expected to just bend to the whim of the person that has a family. And that can be really tough, because we're not accountable to other people, therefore our time is worthless. And that sucks. That's a shitty feeling it's a shitty position to be put in because it feels like we also can't can't feel hurt by that or it's like selfish to be feeling hurt by that I don't I don't know it's it's that's I maybe feel like the hardest thing for a friendship relationship to navigate because it goes deeper than just like plans changing like that's that's a good way of simplifying it but it goes deeper all that to say my relationship with that person proceeded as normal. We hung out pretty much on the rag. You obviously got all of her feelings about what happened. I did. And zero of my feelings. I did. <laughs> and I felt like I felt like that was unfair. I felt like I couldn't talk to you about it, which is a very weird feeling for me because I feel like I can talk to you about anything. But that individual 
as Aaron spoke about, was very needy, emotionally and otherwise. So there was one instance where she had something going on with her family. And I checked in with her. I did. I checked in with her. She was out of state. And when she got home, she was mad at me. And I didn't know why. And generally, like, I'm, a, I'm an anxious person. So I'm kind of always worried about how I fucked up. <laughs> like, really, I, I kind of always am. I have insomnia, and it's because I'm replaying all the conversations I had to see how I fucked up in them. I'm pretty fucking aware. I have a good awareness about what I've said and how it may have been interpreted. Because <laughs> I've gone through all the scenarios in my head at 3 o'clock in the morning. But she got home and was mad at me. I didn't know why for the life of me. I couldn't figure out why. And it was because during this family situation, although I had checked in, I hadn't done it enough. Well, and you hadn't done it in the right way. Yeah, I hadn't done it in the right way, which I didn't know what the right way was because I'm not a mind reader, bringing that back around. So though I asked how things were going, I didn't do it on the right frequency. And I guess I didn't do it with the right amount of emotion or <laughs> intensity or emphasis. The exact correct words. Yeah, I didn't do it right. That was it. That was kind of it for us. But in that whole time that she was gone dealing with this family situation, she also didn't ask how I was. And I also had some stuff of my own going on. But that was of no regard. And that's kind of when I realized, like, ooh. There's an imbalance here. Streams are crossed in a way that's not working out for either of us. Because I was hurt, but I didn't know how to tell her because she was what seemed like more hurt by my mm-hmm. apparent not enough interest in the situation. So yeah, we broke up. <laughs> we broke up, I guess. So Because I fucked it up. And I didn't know it. Because I'm not a mind reader. But it's actually been really rather a growing experience for me because it pointed out how much I am not a mind reader. And then it made me kind of really think about like, Oh, what are my expectations for my friends? Do I assume too much there? Do I assume that they understand where I'm coming from with things? So maybe I don't ever want to be put in the position again where I hurt somebody's feelings and I didn't know it. I didn't know I was doing it. I didn't know I was doing something wrong. I would like to have the choice of whether or not I'm doing that. But I would at least like to be aware of the expectations that are on my plate. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. Please go on. Ugh, man. I mean, I feel like what strikes me most, like hearing your story again, is this person's total willingness to throw away a person that cares about them. That part I don't understand. Yeah, I think any people listening to this might have that same opinion. But I think there's also context that we're leaving out that... We knew this person well enough to know that they didn't have a lot of lasting friendships, right? Like, we knew that their friendships didn't, at least their female friendships, didn't seem to last a long time. But I think you and I both were subject to that. It's it's almost like a friendship fantasy, right? Where we're like, well, we're different, though. That doesn't apply to us. 
it's almost like the relationship equivalent of like, we can fix him. (laughs) (laughs) We're different. Yeah. I mean, she definitely had the pattern of having one really intense friendship and then having a huge blow up with that person and lots of drama involved with the breaking up of that relationship. And so we knew that we knew that we saw that. But she made it seem like it was them and not her that caused all that drama. Right. So which we, we now know that is not the case. She's the, the case. common denominator. Yeah. Because it happened to to both of us. And although you and I have a lot in common, we're also very different. And we had very different friendships with her. And the same thing happened to us. And the same thing happened to her besties before us. And we should have seen that red flag. But... We didn't, because it's not a romantic relationship. If you've heard the same story in a romantic context, we'd be like, oh, hell no. Right. Ah, the friendship fantasy. We can fix them. It won't happen to us. I'm different, so this relationship will be different. Perhaps we need to take those red flags a bit more seriously. This particular story is about being dumped but I have been the dumper in a friendship. And perhaps I've also been a ghoster, not given enough to get a friendship off the ground or keep it going. But since these are less traumatic, they don't necessarily stick in my mind. But in general, this is my viewpoint on friendships. It just makes me sad, like I just don't know. There there are very few circumstances where I would reject someone's love of me Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't express that love in a way that I needed them to. I mean, unless you're boning my husband, doing drugs, stealing from me, like actually harming me. I just, I don't know. Yeah, for me, I, cu- I couldn't, I don't comprehend being like, no, no, don't want your love because you're not available to me in XYZ way. You know? I'm not available. They're not available to you in every way that you need them to be at every moment. Exactly. Like for me, it's like, okay, you love me and you express that and give me this little sliver of the pie, right? Great. Fabulous. I'll take that little sliver. I'm not going to get mad at you for the 75% that you can't give me. That's okay because there's other humans in the world to provide those needs. There's nothing wrong with you because you can't give me 100% of the love that my soul needs. You know what I mean? Nobody can. Nobody can. It doesn't come from one source. No. So I'm I'm not going to get mad at you because you can't provide it. That isn't your job. No. Your job is to provide it in the best way that you can. And I'll take it. Annie wants to loop us back to a key friendship dynamic that's important to her. You've been oddly silent on the like single versus parent friendship dynamic. So I'm curious about that. Well, I mean, uh, okay, so I guess that you've expressed the single viewpoint. So I guess from the married viewpoint, to a certain extent, it's like we don't have a fucking viewpoint because we're just so fucking tired and can't handle any shit. Like, (laughs) which is like a little bit what Aaron said. And I know it sounds like a cop out, but it truly is just like being at maximum capacity in life and not not being able to think like, what does need this weekend from me it's like i don't have emotional capacity for that you know sure but like do you see it from the the other end of the spectrum 
Like the yeah, I mean, I can like vaguely recall being in my twenties and like I don't think it ha- I don't think age has anything to do with I- it. I'm though. only saying that because I've been in relationships for so long. No, totally. But I just mean like you you keep referencing back to like my twenties. Like that's the age when you're allowed to feel that way. When that's that's not necessarily the case for everybody. I'm just really trying to get to that place where I don't have the same level of responsibilities. So that's, yeah, I'm not trying to say it's like an immature viewpoint. I'm just trying to like get there emotionally. Okay. So yeah, I mean, of course, that would be annoying and inconvenient. And given the right headspace, I could take it personally. So do you see how that could be taken like actually really rather personally though? Like the we were talking about with Aaron, like... The value of time. Like, single people are expected to be more flexible and more empathetic. Like, it's assumed. No, I would hold all of my friends, regardless of their marital child status, to the same standards. Okay. I mean, I would not get, like, mad at my single friend any more than a married friend who needed to change plans or whatever. No. Okay. Now, if what you're asking is... Married friends are going to have more plans change than a single person is. And so, therefore, the single person would have to be more flexible. Yeah. That's probably true, I'm guessing. Do you think it warrants an apology? I think it totally depends on the situation. I mean, usually, if you make plans and you have to change them, then it's an I'm sorry for your inconvenience. I mean, that seems like standard. Okay practice this conversation continues on in a circular fashion for over an hour i'm not going to subject you to it but here's where it ultimately ended a little bit tell me what you're heard about i mean i think i think that we ended with (laughs) the the parental side of a friendship having more value than a single side of a relationship. The single person just has to accept that we're less valuable and we have to be flexible and expendable in plans. I do not agree with that. And it, it I do sucks. not concur with what you're saying right now. It sucks and it, it sucks to feel that way. I do not agree. All parties have value and all parties should be flexible. And in that situation, if someone had said that to me, I would have said, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. The value of an apology. (laughs) You look like you're really stoked with your point, but I feel like I did not receive it. I did not comprehend. (laughs) Well, it's the point of making, again, is is giving an apology worth it. I just said that I felt like my time as a single person was not as valuable as your time as a parental person. Uh Uh-huh, yes. Okay, I'm with you. And, and that I, like hurts me. Uh-huh. And you were just like. And then I was like, I don't agree. You said you don't agree, but you didn't uh-huh. you didn't acknowledge my feelings about it. Oh, I didn't? No. You just were like, no, actually. And then proceeded to tell your side of it. There was no like, I'm sorry. That's not how I meant to make you feel. You know, that's what I mean. Like, it's Wait, are you saying I, I made you feel like that? Yeah, just a second ago. Oh, I thought we were talking in general about relationships. And oh. you were like, I, as a single person, feel like blah, blah, blah. And then you said I, like, as a parental person, no, I feel no, that way. No, I was saying no, a single person shouldn't feel like that. Oh, that's not what I got out of it. Okay, well, this is the 
perfect podcasting material to play about how confusing everything gets. Yeah. Even when you're talking in person. Correct. But also with 1.5 bottles of wine. Hi. Cheers. <laughs> Can you hear it when I cheers in the yeah, mic? Yeah, I can. Good. Okay. <laughs> This whole single versus married thing has shifted during pandemic life. The plans part has been neutralized, but the differences have kind of been exacerbated. The singles have been more lonely and also have more flexibility to do things and see people, especially once you're vaccinated, since those living with family have to do complex math equations to determine the level of risk of any one visit. 14 days after we recorded this, Annie and I got into a big, almost friendship-ending fight, in part due to some of the issues and complexities of adult friendship that we discussed on this episode. This was how 2020 started, and then the shelter-in-place hit. The whole thing was gnarly, and though it turned out not to be a friend breakup, it was pretty damn close. It's not easy to decide when to cut your losses and when to put in the work to resolve your issues. Annie and I have had to create a brand new relationship, currently in development. So though we could leave you with friendship advice about being clear on your expectations and having empathy for other people's feelings and situations, sometimes it just comes down to magical forgiveness. The basis of friendship is we're trying really, really hard to understand each other. And I think what we've just listened to is a really good example of that. Like we might not always be exactly on the same page or on the same wavelength, but we're trying really hard to get the other person's perspective, even if we don't agree with it. Correct. We really want to understand and acknowledge the other person's feelings. And also we're tired and also life is hard and we try. And why Abby and I have been able to sustain a friendship for over a decade, even though sometimes things get tough. Things are tough. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) 